There are things that we experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in a corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your evidence, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghostbox Radio. And this is Ghostbox Radio on AM 950, where every week we talk about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, or just the unusual. My name is Greg Bakken, and thank you very much for joining me today. First of all, Patrick, I need to apologize to you, and I am so very sorry uh, that uh, I, you know, when I started this radio show on AM 950, what, about uh, two years ago or something like that, I had absolutely no idea that the Vikings would be playing a playoff game during my show today. And uh, I am really sorry. Uh, I'm really sorry that you're not set up to talk to me, but I'm also really sorry that uh, you uh, that you have to endure this while the Vikings are playing. It's okay. I'm at peace. Are you? Because I mean, I, I, I'm just. I, are we even on the air? I'm just. That's how worried I am that your focus isn't on the show today. So, I just want to make sure, Patrick. Oh, you know what? No one's hearing you right now. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, that may not have anything to do with the station, but you know, we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of see how things are going. But anyway, I I appreciate I appreciate you uh, working through uh, this uh, one playoff game they're going to play this season. So um, I really I really do appreciate that. So we got we're going to have a great show today. And uh, with that being said, I we're, we're going to talk local here. And I have on Nicholas Harper, who is an artist and owns the Rogue Buddha Gallery located at 35, 357 13th Avenue Northeast in Minneapolis, also known as Northeast. I was first introduced to his art when he invited me to talk about the paranormal at one of their death, death cafe chats in November. His art's amazing and the space is beautiful. It's actually kind of hard for me to articulate really what I, how to describe the art or the space. And I'm hoping that Nick is able to help me with that today. You can also check out everything going on at the gallery at roguebuddha.com. Nick, welcome to Ghostbox Radio. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here, Greg. Thanks for having me. I'm oh my gosh, thank you. And I'd like to invite all of our listeners to join into the conversation. To ask Nick a question, you can call in at 952-946-6205. That's 952-946-6205. You can email us a comment or question. The email address for the station is comment at am950radio.com. And we are live on AM950 Radio, but also streaming video on the following Facebook pages. You can watch us on AM950, Things Network, MN Ghostbox, Free Spirited Network, RU Media, Skeleton Key Network, and Temple of Phoenix Rising Entertainment. So please go there and support those pages too, but also feel free to leave questions on any of those pages you're watching from as I'm monitoring those for comments as well. I mean, Nick, I'm not really quite sure where to start here because, um, you know, First of all, if anyone can do so, uh, there's there's uh, Nick is available on Instagram, uh, Rogue Buddha Galleries. There, uh, go to the Facebook page, go to the face, uh, go to their URL, roguebuddha.com. And I say so because there is, I mean, your art is really not like anything I've seen before. Do you, as an artist, do you have any kind of uh, way to describe? the look of your art yeah um i mean at the at the very base uh level 
stylistically, I call it magical realism. Okay. Uh, which is uh, similar to, but also very different from surrealism. Uh, and I really got inspired by this genre through literature. Uh, authors like Gabriel Garcia Marquez, for example. I read his book, 100 Years of Solitude, in my early 20s, and it blew my mind and, and uh, kind of opened up the world as to how I could paint portraits and how I could manipulate the body and create more allegory and metaphor through uh, what would otherwise just be a straightforward portrait. How do you see that? You know what I mean? I mean, it's one of those things that it's like, it is so cool how you describe it. But I mean, it's like, how do you even get to the point of being able to be like, this is how I see things, you know? Uh, a lot of it is, I guess, paying attention and having, this might sound dorky, but uh, having gratitude. So kind of the big premise behind magical realism is taking things we take for granted, the mm -hmm. ordinary, everything in life, and seeing it as extraordinary, which it really is. I yeah. mean, we take everything in our daily lives so much for granted and forget just how incredible existence is in the first place. And so through that lens of magical realism, you might look at something mundane and ordinary and we see every day and you tweak it just a little bit, give it a little bit of fantasy and you have to re-pay attention to it. It's it's interesting, as you say, um, you know, the, the side of fantasy. I mean, there's something that I've been trying to put my finger on with the art that you create, the mm -hmm. the imagery. And one of the things that I kind of think about too is is kind of almost like when you kind of, I think you said it this way, maybe you'll disagree with me about it, almost like fairy tale in a sense, you know, that because of that that fantasy yeah. aspect to it. Definitely. And behind fa fairy tales, there's usually uh, metaphorical or allegorical deeper meanings. Absolutely. So it's that exactly, creating a narrative that isn't necessarily uh, concrete or uh, plain to see, but it's it's kind of hidden, and it's up to the individual to find it. Well, that's a good point, too. I mean, how, how much – I mean, you have a purpose with mm -hmm. what you're creating. Yep. But you're also allowing the person viewing it to, to put their own – uh, their own their own purpose to it definitely definitely um, you know and I I kind of learned this early on painting and making my work open to the public through the gallery was that you know if I tried to explain what everything means to me um, it kind of it, there's a certain f fraction of people that want to hear that story but then it also kind of can rob them of their own invention mm -hmm. uh, when they're approaching a painting so I'm more than happy to talk about what my vision is, but I don't limit it to that. I can't, I can imagine that's probably not easy for all artists. Yeah. Because some, yeah. some are, it's almost like, you know, as, as I think you probably know, I'm, I, I like to cook and stuff. And, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, I think there's, there's interpretations, feedback of any kind with any of that stuff. And not yeah. everybody, not everybody wants to hear someone else's interpretation of what the, of, of their, of their image. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and uh, one of my favorite quotes from Dolly, it, I'm paraphrasing here, he said something like, I don't know what a painting I do means until it's done. Then I figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, while I go into a painting with a certain set of parameters in my mind of what I want to convey, at least for myself or project, um, there's also for myself a lot, of, a lot of interpretation after the fact because it's kind of uh, – it's not pure science. It's art. 
Right. So it's it's uh, open to interpretation and growth and learning and figuring things out. And I tend to think of art being a gateway to the soul or a mirror to the soul. And so the process of painting for me is also a, a process of exploration and discovery as I go along. So I don't always know what something means until and, it's done. And I always think that that's one of the, I, mean, I remember in high school of all places, you know, a, a, a question that baffled us, you know, us, yeah. us big thinkers in high school, right? Yeah. Of the, just the question, what is art? Yeah. And you can't really answer that question, I don't think, can you? Uh, you can, but it's always going to come up short. Mm-hmm. Um, I try. I try to to come up with answers, but, you know, inevitably it just sounds like babble after a while. Yeah. Um, I think art's essential to our daily life. I know that that much for a fact, and I do think of it as a conduit to our souls. Like when somebody finds a painting that they resonate with, I think that it's because they're finding a part of themselves. They're yep. reckon or recognizing a part of themselves that mm-hmm. they maybe didn't know was there before. And that's why that connection when they see something they love, it's hard to put words on it. Um, and I leave that to critics and and academicians to to you know, round out the verbiage for it. Sure. But so have you had somebody look at one of your pieces, give an idea of what they see, and mm-hmm. it's changed your perspective or at least given you really like a real stop for thought on that work. Definitely. Definitely. I did a portrait for a client last spring. It was a a family portrait. And the cool thing about this portrait was they knew my work for a number of years. had never bought anything. And it was a a woman and her two children. And uh, uh, her children, when I first met them, I think the youngest was around six. And she had... They came to an opening, and the six-year-old had the best questions I've ever heard mm. about my own paintings. And I was like, wow, all right, that's interesting. Never thought of it that way. And then so they commissioned a painting. Um, they commissioned, So it was the six-year-old who's now, I think, around 10 or 11 who asked her mom if they could get a family portrait done. And they know my style. It tends to be on the darker, weirder side. Yep. So I said, I'm cool with it as long as you're cool with me doing whatever I do. And um, – so I painted this portrait, and you know they're in front of a cemetery. The the three of them, they're very macabre looking, sort of, in front of a cemetery grounds. And uh, when I revealed the painting to them, uh, their interpretations were way beyond what I could have thought of, and it it uh, it blew my mind. That has to be pretty cool. It is, yeah, it yeah. Is. I mean, when someone puts a lot of thought into something that you're doing, it's not that – I mean, in this case, you know, they, they asked for it. But, I mean, mm-hmm. just something that you do and someone's putting a lot of thought into that, into understanding or putting – I mean, that's that's a lot of great energy going out there. That's pretty cool. Definitely. Definitely. Well, and it just goes to show that, like, we all have our own experience and our own perspective on life. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I try to control what I'm creating – once it's done, it's out of your hands. Yeah, no, I mean, I. that's the great thing about about that. And, you know, I want to talk more about that. I also mm-hmm. want to talk uh, more about the space. So why don't we do this? Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Nicholas Harper of Rogue Buddha Gallery. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950.
Are you dreading Monday, hating life, and living for the weekends? It might be time for some life changes. Pamela Topchian is a board-certified hypnotherapist at HypnoBreakthrough.com, and she can help. Consultations are always free, and you'll receive a complimentary sample session to try out. Get in touch on HypnoBreakthrough.com or send a message on social media, HypnoBreakthrough, or Pamela Marie Topchian. Please let Pamela know you heard this ad on AM950 and Ghostbox Radio. Like I say every week, she's helped me. She's helped many people. Please give it a try. And welcome back to Ghostbox Radio on AM950. My name is Greg Bakken. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is artist and owner of the Rogue Buddha Gallery in Northeast Minneapolis, Nicholas Harper. You can see what events and other good things are happening at the gallery by visiting roguebuddha.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-B-U-D-D-H-A.com. And, uh, you know, Nick, I wanted to talk a little bit about the space itself. And, you know, it's actually some really good um, reasons to do so. First of all, going on the comments, uh, we have uh, a couple people who uh, Linda had said, and she's not from in, in the state. She says, I find the website shows the outside and the inside of the gallery and both present a wonderful eyeful, a fantastic aesthetic to walk into, very inviting. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, I know from uh, from being in there a number of times, I would I would definitely agree. I mean, you just it's such a and once again, I I struggle to find <clears throat> what you call that because the words that come to my mind would be I would mean them to be positive, mm-hmm. but they might sound like if I said like you know maybe a little macabre. Mm-hmm. I, some people don't really understand how to take that word. Yeah. Yeah. No, kind of the one of the big impetuses behind the gallery for me has been to create a space that's uh, open to the public and very inviting and non-threatening, mm-hmm. that's not sterile. Uh, no disrespect to other galleries, but I wanted to create a space that didn't have white walls and didn't feel, um, I guess, intimidating to people. So I wanted to create a space that was warm, that had colorful walls, deep, rich colored walls, uh, uh, moody lighting, dimmed lights, um, lots of candles, Mm -hmm. incense, uh, nice music. And I've been fortunate enough in the last uh, about five months to be working with a great friend of mine, uh, Ken O'Brien, who's come in and really helped to kind of upscale the space even more. Um, I kind of like to think I laid down the the groundwork yep. over the past 22 years, <clears throat> 23 years now, uh, or for whatever it's been. And now Ken's coming in and really helping upscale that and take it to the next level. But the whole premise behind it still remains keep it welcoming, open to the public, non-threatening, where art's accessible to everybody, regardless of their background or interaction with it up until that point. Yeah, and you you change you change the inside around once in a while too, like you the paint, like the wall colors yep. and stuff like that. You try to keep it so it's there. It's not always the same for the last twenty four years. Totally, totally. Uh, the main room in particular, we change about every six years. Uh, there's an accent gallery we change up about once a year, um, just to keep everything fresh and different. And you know, as I grow and change, I want the gallery to grow and change as well. So. Yeah, but there is a like you mentioned, there is a macabre feel to it. I almost well, we were both raised Catholic. Yes, went to the same Catholic grade school. We in went. Fact. We did go to grade school together. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, my mom was a church cantor and choir director. Yeah. So in lieu of um, daycare and preschool, I spent my youth growing up in choir lofts at different churches around the Twin Cities, 
And um, that liturgical or temple-esque feeling is ingrained in me. I, I, I kind of wondered what, what you know, is it, is it our Catholic school upbringing that, that turned us into what we are today, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Better or worse, yes. <laughs> we're survivors, Greg. <laughs> we're survivors. That's exactly it. Uh, <laughs> like, like we said, like we said, uh, we're going we're gonna to try to bring in this, the, the spirit of Kiddock uh, shortly uh, to see how that works out. Um, he, was, he was our pastor when we were there. So uh, Molly I'm had... already trembling. <laughs> I'm already scared. All right. Oh, I know. Oh, gosh. Uh, I didn't prepare my list for confession. <laughs> well, he's like Santa. He knows when you've been get bad and good. Oh, yeah. Mainly bad. Uh, Molly had uh, put in a, a question for you. She says, I, I, I know you felt things in the PNA Hall. And for those of, who don't know, um, Rogue Buddha Gallery uh, is in the same building as the Nor- Northeast Social. And then upstairs is the Polish National Affiliation, which is a big dance hall known as the PNA Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful. Uh, the whole building is just really beautiful. I've investigated the PNA Hall a number of times. Um, you've you've felt. I mean, we can talk about our experience the night that I spoke. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Molly says, have you felt the same? downstairs in the gallery. I love the energy in your space and I'm curious how you feel about it. Um, I love it. Like, yeah, definitely there's stuff that happens in the PA hall. I'll be in the gallery and hear footsteps when nobody's up there. Um, somebody running around. Um, the gallery, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened and taken place and I definitely feel weird energies in there uh, sometimes. But uh, whoever's in there, sometimes... Whoever one of the people that's in there at some point, um, they've been a trickster. You know, they've they've hidden paints, <clears throat> they've mm-hmm. hidden my paintbrushes, move stuff around, turn on the water faucet. Uh, they like to turn on my electric candles. That's Kidok. Yeah, that's totally Kidok. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Go back to church, Nick. <laughs> You've sinned. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But it, but every all the spirits, whatever you want to call them, that are in there. Um, they're not threatening. No. Uh, there's. I definitely sense a 10-year-old girl or young girl, and there's a story that a young girl uh, died upstairs in the PA hall, fell off the balcony. Yeah. I get a sense she's in there. Uh, my brother's wife, she's done a little bit of a reading, and she got that sense. And then, of course, when you were there, the, uh, what is it, a spirit box yeah. answered your question, are there any spirits in the room? Yeah, and, and we, we got that, as well yeah. as... While the spirit box is running, we got a lot of running up and down the, the floor above us, yep. which would have been PNA. And if I'm not mistaken, we pretty much were able to determine there was nobody in in the building. Yep, correct, correct. And the probably the most recent thing that's happened was this summer. Uh, for some reason, my camera on my security system was lighting up a weird light. I didn't know what it meant, so I waited till I got home to check it live, and it was working. And um, I had never seen this before on this camera, but I'm watching the live feed, and uh, a little beam of light went through the space. I thought, well, that's weird. And you can tell if it's a bug. Absolutely. You know, you can tell if it's glare from coming from a car driving by outside. Yep. This was like 3, 4 in the morning. There's no traffic, nobody walking by. Um, and then I saw another one, and then I thought, well, Every time you set the alarm or turn it off, it records a minute, 
and stores it on the website. So I went to the website, looked at past footage, and there's these beams of light all the time, and they do weird movements. Uh, sometimes there's one, sometimes there's one trailing the other one. Um, and it's just bizarre. They come in and out of the walls. Uh, sometimes they turn on in the middle of the room and then zoom. Do you still have any of these? I do. Yeah. That, I would. I would love to see them myself. If yeah. You're, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think that a lot of people might be interested in that if if you feel comfortable at some point to, Definitely. you know, share. I mean, that's and you know there was a big story, uh, not a big story, but uh, uh, one of Margarita's uh, uh, sisters. Uh, boyfriend at the time or and his, and his sister mm-hmm. saw big lights moving on the dance floor. Oh really? I should oh, I should I send you that. I need to send you the the part of the web series that uh, I've done that I haven't released of of yeah. PNA because it's really interesting. I let, why don't we con- let's continue this conversation. I'm going to take another break, okay? When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Nicholas Harper of Rogue Buddha Gallery. You're listening to Ghostbox Radio on AM 950. And I'm excited to say that I'm a guest again at this year's Council Room in Bloomington, Minnesota. Next weekend, January 20th through 22nd, Council Room is a Doctor Who convention, which is a love of mine. And I'm going to be there to talk about Doctor Who, British television, and the paranormal. Get tickets now, and I know you're going to have a great time. It's such a fun convention, and other stars from the series, such as Sophie Aldred, who played Ace in Doctor Who, she's going to be there too. And I'm actually going to be interviewing her next weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Go to Council room.com and get tickets today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, open house alert in Anoka, Minnesota, psychic medium Sandy Stangler and Char Savoy are coming together to open Sinner Essence. Their vision is to collaborate with our intrinsic gifts to unite the physical, metaphysical, and spirit. They have created a beautiful and calming space for all to find healing, peace, and insight. Center Essence provides a space for readings and healings. There's also space for all their wonderful classes to be held. They would love to invite you to come and be part of this exciting grand opening at their open house on February 4th from noon to 6 p.m. on February 4th. There's going to be gift bags available for the first 20 people filled with all kinds of wonderful things, drawings for future free readings with Sandy and future free healings with Char. Also, a 10% discount if you sign up for any classes or events that day that they have coming up. Uh, there will also be 10% discounts on their merchandise and handmade products. Refreshments will be provided as well. Please stop in anytime during the open house to visit with Sandy and Char, enjoy some goodies, and save on future things to come. They are very excited, and I personally am really excited for whenever people are allowed to have their dreams come true. Uh, but they are very excited to be sharing this with all of you and look forward to seeing you all there. They are located in the Anoka Law Center at 316 East Main Street, Anoka, um, in the lower level, Suite 30. I don't. I know that I'm going to make my way over there on that day, so I uh, hope to see you there. Ghost Stories and Beyond is back on February 1st at Billy's Bar and Grill in Anoka. February subject is going to be something to see. Going back to November 5th, 2022, a group of investigators did a paranormal investigation of the Grant House in Rush City, Minnesota. In fact, they were students or pupils of uh, Shar and mine uh, during the, from the paranormal class that we do. One of the sessions yielded an amazing amount of evidence that included equipment use such as spirit box, also mediumship, shadows, spirit touch over the course of the entire hotel, 
all happening within a span of 18 minutes, and all of it is connected. Join us as those investigators share their experience of that night, including lots of evidence to be played. It starts at 6.30 p.m. on February 1st at Billy's Bar and Grill in Anoka, Minnesota. In the basement of the restaurant, it's $10 to get in, which does not cover food, but there is full restaurant and bar service available, too. So that's going to be pretty incredible. Um, now, on January 1st, Shar and I did an episode of Ghost Box Radio where we talked about manifesting what you want for 2023. We gave hints on how to manifest, and that episode is available to stream. But this Tuesday, January 17th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we're doing a live video stream on Facebook pages Sharvinity, M and Ghost Box, and Things Network, and also Parafriends events where we talk about manifesting a positive 2023 and Shar will take questions and we can have a great conversation about it. So that's Tuesday, January 17th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's going to be it's going to be really cool to take to check that out. Now, finally, if you miss Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bach and live, AM 950 replays these episodes Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, or you can listen anytime by going to Spotify or iTunes. After listening, please leave a positive review for my show. I greatly appreciate it. Our guest today is artist and owner of the Rogue Buddha Gallery in Northeast Minneapolis, Nicholas Harper. You can see what events and other good things going on there by visiting roguebuddha.com and... Uh, Nick, I'm just going to have you take over the show. That's a lot to say in a very short amount of time, and uh, you know, I just I, I'm out of I'm out of breath over here. So, what can, what can I do? Um, you know, it's like like with uh, Shar and Sandy, I mentioned, you know, and, and what you did, you were able to make a dream come true. I mean, I mean, that's that's pretty incredible, and and you've been able to sustain it. And from what I can see, it's it's going really well. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy how quickly time flies by i can't it's actually been about 24 years next uh new year's eve we'll be celebrating our 25th birthday wow and uh really it comes down to i'm otherwise unemployable so i've got to make this work <laughs> otherwise like... you know <laughs> i don't know what has, life has in store for me if i don't make this well, work here is a thing i mean you know how to use paint you can paint walls I, well, so, that's I, mean, true. No. I can't do that well though <laughs> i can't paint walls for anything I'm, I don't have a good eye for that. But, um, no, it's a passion of mine. It's something I love. And um, while it is a lot of work, it's it's worth it. And, you know, we opened up a new show on Friday night uh, called Eldritch, which that word has a cool meaning. It's otherworldly or uh, weird or bizarre, mm -hmm. which was perfect for this exhibit, which features uh, Matt Franz and Adam Marks and Johnny Kelson. And um, it was our biggest opening since COVID and it was like everything's back nice. to normal. It felt like a happy <laughs> event again and mm -hmm. everybody was in a good mood and the place was packed and um, I had great feedback and heard from a lot of people that they were glad to be back and good. that's what fuels it and well, you, you, keeps it going. You take a, you you have a big part. I mean, you, you, you're invested in, you know, I'm sure bigger than this, but what I could see, like the Northeast Minneapolis art scene. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's you're it's very clear that that you are a part of that. You support that, and you kind of have Definitely. to, I'm sure. But still, I mean, it's you know, we've talked before about that area and and kind of the transformation it has taken over the years. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I was born and raised in Northeast, yeah. so I've seen the progression from you know when I was little growing up, it was very blue collar, mm -hmm. um, not much going on. 
And over the past 20 years in particular, it's just exploded and changed. And, you know, now we're known for restaurants and brew pubs. And yeah. uh, we've got a great theater on the block, Theater Latte Da. Um, so that's been really amazing. And then, yeah, like you were saying, well, Art of World is a big thing that started oh, yeah. way yeah. back in the day now. I think it's 25 years ago, uh, which is a huge open studio tour of northeast Minneapolis. And there's some something like 500 artist studios are open. This is the third week of every May. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest open studio tour in the country. And then also about six or seven years ago, I joined the board of the Northeast Minneapolis Arts District, um, which is so where the gallery is. We're kind of in the heart of the district, and it's about a one-mile radius. And it's been designated as an official arts district. And uh, I think for the second or third time, it's been voted number one district in the country. That was by a USA Today poll. Nice. Um, So, yeah, I've been you know, happy and privileged and honored to be able to be a part of this board and do what they do and, you know, help promote Northeast Minneapolis and the artists that work and live there. Northeast should be proud of, of the, the impact of on, on first of all, creativity yeah. in the area yeah. and, and really the diversity too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, obviously I grew up in the same area as mm-hmm. well and, uh, you know, very Polish, very, uh, European, uh, 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 you know, folks coming from Europe. Uh, what do we call that? Yeah, it's just totally yep. up, and uh, uh, you know, which is is still the 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 basis, but yep. it's 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 grown to be, you know, very very open minded yes. area. Well, and the weird thing too, even back then though, there was the contingency of like Lebanese. Yes, it was like Polish, yes. Norwegian, Scandinavian, yep. and then Lebanese. Which was, but now it's everything. Now it's, now everything. it's everything, and yeah. and you could also tell that too by just going like down Central Avenue. Yeah, you know, and definitely. and and I think that's that's a really good sign of of it all as well. Uh, definitely, really, uh, and that's what really cool. helped bring Northeast back. I mean, totally. Northeast was kind of waning. It was as the older generations were moving away or passing mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. and the businesses were going out of business, and there was vacancies on Central, and then a lot of different groups came in and started putting putting in their restaurants and stores. And and, and for a lot of people who may not know, you know, that area, and that goes, I mean, even further, just mm-hmm. a little bit beyond, like, this uh, University Avenue and stuff, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, a lot of railroad, a lot of... Uh, big uh, shipping areas, big factories. Yep. And what I love seeing is the fact that just because they want to move new stuff into these fac- into these into this community, they're not tearing down the old buildings. No. They're repurposing so much of it. Well, and that's what really made the district arts district, the arts district, was that there were these huge factories uh, and warehouses that instead yeah. of being torn down or turned into condos, they were turned into art studios Yes, at an affordable, accessible price for artists. And so uh, as different parts of the city changed, downtown Minneapolis changed, uh, uptown changed, the artists came to Northeast and found a home there. And the, the people that own these studios or these complexes have been great in terms of their champions of the artists, and they want to make sure that these places remain studio space and accessible for people, which that's hard to find anywhere else in the country. There's nothing like it with this kind of conglomeration. It really is compact, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is something yeah. about it that is, it makes it very unique. And uh, like you said, I mean, I've not seen anything quite on that scale. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, like Art of World features over 500 studios, maybe close to a thousand artists. It's incredible. I mean, what does that say about 
I guess Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, more. I mean, it, it may, I mean, I'm sure all of Twin Cities, all of Minnesota, but I mean, really, Minneapolis. I mean, they, I mean, art seems to have always been pretty valued. It says it's cold nine months out of the year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you so you have to, to do something. You have to do something. There is that's that part too. Of it. But, <laughs> but yeah, there's a ton of creativity in Minneapolis. It's um, and we're known for you know our music, our theater, and dance. Less so for visual arts, but that's starting to change now. Right. So over the last 10 years, I'd say it's really starting to get some momentum and people are paying attention to Minneapolis as a epicenter for visual <laughs> arts. It's not flyover country. Don't have to go to Chicago or New York to find great work. No. Well, and, and you know, just down the road from you, first of all, um, a friend of the radio show, uh, Erte, just closed, yeah, uh, which is very sad. And yep. friend Carla and I went there. Uh, the week before it closed, one last time to say our goodbyes and whatnot. I mean, just yeah. I mean, it's just an incredible, incredible place. And they were around forever. They were around forever, but I think yeah. you've been around longer because I think they've only been around for like 21, 22 years. I thought. Oh, I don't know for sure. I mean, you're you're the. I've been there twenty four. The, yeah. yeah. So it's possible. They've uh, definitely had a couple different owners yes. in that time period. Yeah. And I remember when that place was a coffee shop, uh, the Mighty Mighty Fine Cafe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a great print shrine as you walked <laughs> in there. There was the horrible painting of prints with some cherubs. And then people would leave trinkets and light candles to it. And mm-hmm. I wish I could get that painting. Somebody has Someone it. has to have it somewhere. If you're and listening, <laughs> you listen that painting. <laughs> Even if you just want to drop it off anonymously outside Rogue Buddha, totally. right? Totally, yep. And, and also at the, also at the uh, at further down is St. Ciro's. Yep. Uh, which I will always, I mean, we stopped going to St. Charles Church. Yeah. Uh, and going to mass Saturday night at St. Cyril's because we were able to do everything Saturday night at the 5.30 mass, including homily, in 20 minutes. That's what my parents wanted. They wanted us to be out the door. That's and you know, it's like, the, you know, that thing of like how so some people, church isn't necessarily a spiritual awakening. It's something you have to do. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. So why, don't we, why don't we do this? Let's take our last break. When we come well, back, we're going to finish our conversation with Nicholas Harper of Rogue Buddha Gallery. You're listening to Ghost Box radio on AM 950. And <laughs> we, we're just sitting here chatting away as always, which is the funniest part. And, and I told Nick, we're going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to miss us coming back on. So you, there you go. You're right. Um, so <laughs> next week on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken, uh, Char Savoy is going to be guest hosting the show for me. She's going to have on Renee Evans, who is with Natural Nurse Solutions and is also a psychic medium. This is going to be a great conversation. So please tune in. Uh, I believe Renee is going to be in studio as well. A lot of in-studio guests this year. we got to clean up this place, maybe paint the carpeting on the wall. There is carpeting on the wall, folks. And, uh, Could you use a little more art? <laughs> Could you? Well, well, you know, well, I've seen your prices, Nick. I don't know if we're going to, uh, you know, we'll have to talk about this. This has been up here for about, uh, uh, you know, six months and they haven't plugged it in yet. So I'm not sure what's the point of that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, so Could you got, be watching the Vikings game. Well, surprising Patrick isn't. I think he is watching it over there. Yeah, he's not even paying attention anymore. Uh, I guess I'm producing the show today. Um, for our final segment, uh, we return to our guest today, artist and owner of the Rogue Buddha Gallery in Northeast Minneapolis, Nicholas Harper. You can see what events and other good things that are happening at the gallery by visiting roguebuddha.com. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I read on here, Robin wrote, uh, she wrote a comment while we're on 
break, and she said, I love watching them chat during the breaks. So expressive, and I have no idea what they're saying. So that's, Nick, that's a good, you know, example of telling you they're not, they can't hear what we're saying, that's and that's good. probably for the best, that's right? That's for the best, definitely. It's, it's mainly just uh, uh, old Catholic school stories when, when we were at school. We didn't even realize we were at school together, actually, until we met up again. So Yeah, we were, what, a year a year apart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm slightly older. Yeah. Just slightly, ever so yeah. slightly. And then Linda says, the old-style storefront with the deep showcase windows is wonderful displaying a taste of what's shown on the inside. Oh, cool. <clears throat> oh, Thank it you. is. And folks, honestly, it's the local folks here, if you've heard of it or if you've walked past it, uh, definitely check out. We're going to be going through what some of the events are coming up here. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit. One, th- What you brought me in for is so funny that you had reached out to me and then – you know, our friend Tell, our mutual friend Tell, yeah. hooked you up with me yep. actually long before the November thing because you had stuff going on that was happening. And I, being me, I didn't respond to you <laughs> and I apologize. That's just kind of how I operate sometimes. And then you asked to speak, and then suddenly I'm like, okay, I'm interested. That's why I'm here to yeah. ruin the show. <laughs> Revenge. You didn't get back to me in timely manner. But then you realize I ruined my own shows. You're like, I wasn't needed here. Um, <laughs> So, but uh, so you had me come in to talk uh, a monthly thing that happens at the that the gallery is called the Death Cafe. Death Cafe. What, yeah. What is that for folks? So, so Death Cafe is it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's not uh, particular just to the Rogue Buddha Gallery. There's about seven thousand Death Cafes around the world, and um, there's no real. Uh, organized structure to it. Anybody really can host a death cafe, mm-hmm. but it's the principle behind it is that people get together and they talk about death in all of its facets from, you know, it can be ev- everything from uh, end-of-life protocols to uh, how do you want your body to be disposed of, sure. quote, um, to after afterlife thoughts. Is there an afterlife? Is there reincarnation? Uh, Near-death experiences, the whole gamut, anything to do with death, um, which ironically, a lot of conversations then bleed into the purpose of life and what is the meaning of life. Um, And I have to say, give a shout out to Kristen Ament, who Mm -hmm. she's the one who brought the idea of hosting a death cafe at the Rogue Buddha to me about five years ago. And she's a palliative care nurse. I I think she has her doctorate or PhD. She's worked in end-of-life care for a long time. She's really kind of the expert on end-of-life care. And she approached me about five years ago, asked if it was something I wanted to host at the Rogue Buddha, or at least open my doors up so she could host. And uh, we've been doing it monthly ever since with a little break a couple years ago. Um, But we're back to doing it every month. And it's usually the last Sunday of the month. The next one coming up is, I believe, on the 29th of January. Nice. And really what it is is stranger. There's always a couple people who are repeat people that Mm -hmm. have been to multiple. But for the most part, it's always new people. And you don't know, uh, you know, all age ranges. And uh, the great thing about it is there's no judgment. There's no pressure to talk. And everybody has their own beliefs and opinions, and they're all respected. So there is, you know, you can have an agnostic next to an atheist, next to a Catholic. They all have different opinions. They share them. Uh, we dive into it, whatever those opinions are, but there's no preaching. There's no agenda. Um, and who knows where the conversation will go. We typically don't do a set theme for a death cafe. Kristen will open up the night with a, a short poem or a quote. 
we go around to introduce ourselves and the conversation just magically happens. And it's usually a really good time. It's typically lighthearted and fun. Um, we also have uh, uh, treats. Yes, Nothing you do. like talking about, cake, about death with cake. Yep. And then um, last year we did do a couple of themes for the first time. Well, we've done a couple of themes in the past, but this time we went really wackadoodle. And uh, in September we met at a cemetery. Cool. Uh, to start the night off and did a cemetery walk. Nice. And then came back to the gallery and talked about our experiences, what we thought. Uh, the month after that, we had this paranormal, quote unquote, expert on and uh, <laughs> came and gave a talk about. So we had Greg on. Who was, <laughs> and the funny thing is we were going to do, the idea was to have you talk for maybe 20 to 40 minutes, answer some questions. Then we would go back into the normal Death Cafe uh, sort of. Uh, run of show, if you will. And um, you were so fascinating and so, like, entertaining. No one's ever said that before. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, so we had a quick vote who wants to just let you keep going. So you talked for two hours. I did. And um, you brought in some toys, yep. which was, like, incredible, the spirit box. And and you had wine for me. I had so, wine for so you. So that was good, too. Totally, totally. <laughs> and that was one of our best crowds, too. You know, pre-COVID, we averaged maybe 35 people a night. After COVID, we've, we'll have we have 12 to 15. I think we had 50 or 60 people that night. Yeah, we did. It was so entertaining. And that was all because of you. So thank you for doing well, that. Thank you for inviting me. And then December, we did... Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, November, we did an ancestral uh, potluck death cafe where people right. were encouraged to bring a dish that a loved one that has passed was known for. So we had everything from lutefisk to Hungarian stew. I made my mom's poppy seed bread. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Polish version, not the German version. Yeah, yep. That's a distinction. Yes. Sweeter. Very much so. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Now, uh, looking on your site, uh, once again, folks, go to roguebuddha.com. Take a look at everything that's there just for the beautiful uh, insides. Is there anything that you want to highlight that's coming up? We have less than a minute left, I would say. Yeah, this should only take 10 minutes. So. Oh, good. <laughs> um, We're going late today, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, just real quick. The current exhibit is up. It's called Eldritch. That runs through uh, January, I'm sorry, February 10th. And then we're doing something around Valentine's Day, on Valentine's Day. Check out the website for the details. Those will be coming up in the next week. And then we have a number of great exhibits coming up throughout the rest of the year. Death cafes, paint nights, uh, coffee clatches, artist talks, the whole nine yards. You got, VIP dinners. you got to check it out. Nicholas Harper is an artist and owns the Rogue Buddha Gallery located at uh, 357 13th Avenue Northeast in Minneapolis. Go check out his site to everything going on at roguebuddha.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nick. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Greg. Oh, gosh, that was that was a lot of fun. We're going to have you back, okay? Awesome. Uh, this has been Ghostbox Radio with Greg Bakken on AM 950. Char Savoy is going to be filling in next week. Take care, everyone. 